How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? It's another fine Thursday night with your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we have so much to get into this week, whether it be promos in AEW, rabbits hiding in uh, QR codes, and uh, people who may or may not want out and may not have a choice in the matter, depending on what their promoter is telling them this week. So stick around, folks. The Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. It is your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on another fine Thursday night. I'm your guy, Will. We got Damian G joining us from the Lone Star State on the right side of the screen and the Giant Crab joining us on the left side of the screen. Gentlemen, how's it going this evening? Stressful. You didn't get a hurricane. I know we are not in Florida, none of us, but we are thinking of the folks in Florida because it has been a hell of a week. And I think the stories down there are just starting to come out about what the situation is and god that's probably gonna be ongoing through the weekend just the reality of uh hurricane ian and the, everything the that's happening actually yeah because they have to physically re- rebuild infrastructure all of the creature comforts that you think that you just take for granted uh they have to physically rebuild the power grid it was decimated in in counties uh in the fort myers area so yeah if you have somebody in central florida uh, Jacksonville, Charleston, South Carolina, you know, maybe up and through Atlanta and uh, all along the Eastern Seaboard, you know, reach out to them, you know, while you still can, because it's about to get real as the hurricane is out in the water right now and will regather itself, you know, slap on a little bit of Old Spice across the face and then head back in to do business uh, inland. So it's uh, it's been a rough few days for Florida specifically, but uh, it ain't over yet. By a long shot. Our thoughts are with the Sunshine State this evening. So we are going to keep that in mind and uh, be keeping an eye on that through the whole weekend. But but also, don't run a jet ski through or do a hurricane. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't try to pull a hurricane up. Do not try to pull a Sharknado move. This is not the time to do that. (laughs) There were sharks swimming down Fifth Avenue in Fort Myers. There were. I saw this. Florida. So this is probably the most Floridian hurricane I've seen since Hurricane Charlie. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. It, it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. But folks, we, as always, here at the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, will be talking some wrestling action tonight. It's been an interesting week. Not the craziest week, which honestly is kind of a relief because Lord knows we've had so much news over the past couple months of just a nonstop hectic news cycle. This week's kind of kind of quiet for once of course Mm -hmm. there's always drama and stuff to get into but there isn't like the big overarching drama that's just been like churning for days on end this week which when i got up this morning i was like okay we kind of got we got some space on the show tonight to get into some different stuff but if there was anything in my mind that would be i guess the biggest topic of the day it seems or at least for the last 24 hours we talked last week on the show about the arrival of a uh, Soraya. I think that's how she's pronouncing it, as we heard it multiple times last night on AEW Dynamite. But Soraya, the former Paige, showing up in AEW last week. And we had the big question, first and foremost, what, what's she here to do? Is she going to be able to wrestle? Is she just going to be a, a talking head? Is she going to be like a GM or something? Is she replacing Brandy Rhodes in the, in, in the ecosystem of AEW or something as far as her women's division go? And we finally got some light shed on things last night with her first promo, which has definitely uh, 
caught a lot of people's attention for a number of different reasons, whether it be content or delivery or what was said or what wasn't said. But uh, an interesting uh, promo last night that went on for quite a while. We talk about the women wanting needing more time in AEW. Well, they got about 20 minutes last night between the promo and then the ensuing uh, Lumberjack match between Tony Storm and Serena D. So a big chunk of time for the ladies. But the first thing that jumped out at me is it felt like a very WWE presentation with the here's the promo. The promo leads to the match. We're bringing out all these other ladies to surround the ring. And we're suddenly doing a lumberjack match really for no reason other than just to get some people on Spice the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a very just kind of thrown together feeling, at least from where where I was sitting. But before we dig in any further into this, uh, Damien, let's go to you first. Um, We were checking out the promo some before we went on air. So thoughts on uh, what what you saw of Soraya last night. So I'm going to take probably a different perspective than uh, what you two might. So forgive me for kind of veering a little bit off of, of wrestling. So in broadcasting, you know, you do a shot sheet, you do a topic tree, and you go down the line of things you want to hit in your monologue or things you want to discuss in your, let's say your segment. And sometimes you just blow through your segment as fast as you can without any kind of like follow-ups, no backup plans in your bullet points. And I've done that on air before where I've had to kind of just bloviate to try to fill time because I blew through my talking points within like a minute and a half of a 10 minute segment. That is what she did, according to like what I what I looked at when I talked to you guys and listened to it back. I feel as if she blew her segment within the first two minutes. This is my house. I'm back. Revolution for change. Pretty much everything she did or said back in the NXT page days or the WWE anti-diva days. So a lot of it is just I got the feeling that she just lost her trace and just figured, what else am I going to talk about? Because everybody knows the women's division is kind of lackluster. She's a name. She may not be an in-ring name, but she's a, a more famous name than some of the ex-WWE superstars they have in AEW. But aside from her usual hits, like I said, this is my house, revolution, yada, yada, yada. What else are you going to do? Like, she kind of vaguely talked about in-ring returning, uh she's being very coy on social media about what her actual role is which leads me to believe they haven't fully ironed this out yet they're still in the midst of trying to figure it out trying to piece it together maybe she's still getting tests done by doctors i'm not going to try to do the over speculation game but what's the point aside from being probably the most famous person on the women's roster right now uh in name recognition if you just say formerly known as Paige. So that, that's pretty much what I'm getting from it. It was pretty useless to have it with a Lumberjill match, like you said, Will. So I just think it was just to pop the crowd. And Tony has a really bad problem. We've talked about this ad nauseum. He lives for the pop. The one week, two week pop of surprise. And look what we have, like the Will Smith meme. And then after two or three weeks, Tony Storm, Ruby Riot, to name a couple, nothing crickets or met with meh so how much longer are we going to have to deal with soraya if she doesn't have a defined role and i think the next maybe week or so or two weeks should be a really telltale sign as to where we're going with her or else she's just going to be the new shiny object that we lose interest in or the fans lose interest in in like the next two weeks Mm -hmm. so here's why i don't care uh, it's. We need a T-shirt that says that, by the way. It, it, you know, you have Soraya there, and and mm-hmm. and good on her for getting back, you know, into the ring in, in a prominent way. Uh, not going to piggyback on all the points that Damian just made, but but a lot of them are going to echo because it's not the talent; it's the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that I should invest my time in the women's division if they're not given the time to nurture it. Um, so if that's that's kind of the unfortunate bit about it is that you have all of these different moving parts, 
but they're still being force fed through one one or two outlets. And that outlet is usually Dr. Britt Baker. She's a dentist, don't you know? Mm -hmm. And probably Jade. Now, I'm not saying that that shouldn't be a thing in the sense that you know these, these two women aren't up for the challenge and up for the task of being the driving forces of the women's division. But considering what it is, the women's division is bigger than two women. Like, full stop. And it, it never really gets a chance to feel that way because everything gets compartmentalized into a few with Britt or a few with, with Jade. And that's unfortunate. And now that you have Soraya in there in a capacity that nobody's really sure about, she's not exactly out there getting physical with anybody. She's not exactly a general manager because that position doesn't exist. She's sort of in this limbo and we don't know why and she's not really addressing it. And I didn't, you know, for disclosure, I didn't watch down on my yesterday because, you know, playoff baseball is kind of a thing that's happening, but it is more to the point of how many segments did the women get? Was it their usual one match, two segments? Uh, you know, will that lead into Rampage? Are they sprinkling the seeds for Soraya's in-ring return? Probably a full gear if they're smart. It does. I'm not hearing that that's the case. I'm hearing that it's more of Soraya did a thing. The it's definitely she definitely had the training wheels taken off as far as cutting a live promo because if you are used to being scripted down to the letter, down to the inflection, down to the muscle memory, and they say, "Hey, you got eight minutes. Go out there and talk." That's not the same thing. Reading the news and speaking the news are not the same thing. You know, talking to me and speaking to me are not the same thing. And Soraya may be a good talker, but is she a public speaker? That's going to take some time to get used to, as we've seen in AEW. You know, there are guys that can talk and there are guys that can speak. So here we are. Uh, we're still left with the same questions and answers that we were before she... Uh, when she debuted in New York and going into the show this weekend, uh, next week in Washington, um, we'll be there. And it's kind of like, well, let's see how this goes. Now, of course, there's a honeymoon period with everything, and I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. But unfortunately, like Ruby Soho, Athena, Tony Storm, Rosa, yes, is injured, but even her, you know, she was kind of spinning her wheels. Before she got, uh, before she left, um, it, it's kind of like, well, it just all boils down to Britt and and Jade again, and you know that's that's really unfortunate. I really do hope that um, if they're going to bring Madison Rain in to be the head coach, you know, hopefully that includes promo skills, because if <laughs> if Soraya needed a refresher, then her coach should have recognized that and cut her off at the pass and said, "This is what we're going to work on." So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if this was a um, a trial run. Uh, I, I, you know, Soraya did get on on the Twitter and say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm a bit rusty. Work with me." No, no, we're we're, we're building. Promos. This is professional wrestling. No, yeah. we don't work with you. No, no, you are supposed to give us. There are no oopsies. You know, if live you go TV to a is live TV. Yeah, I mean, if you go to a restaurant <laughs> and the chef is like, "Damn, I forgot to add butter." Let me. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I'll get you next time. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you, no, no, there is no next week. You goofed. You're supposed to have these things buttoned up before you go out there. So, I, you know, with that said, I'm willing to cut her some slack. But I just hope that it doesn't go down the same four-week push and then, you know, a couple warm-up matches on elevation and then Matt scramble to the pay-per-view. Now, the pay-per-view is November 19th, I believe which is a little bit more around six weeks away. Are they building towards that now? And it doesn't really feel like they are. So it's, it's a, it'll be an interesting bit of wait and see. I really hope that she gets back into the ring. Um, you know, I think that she still has a lot to prove. Uh, I know personally, I felt that Daniel Bryan had a lot to prove before he became Brian Danielson again. Uh, we just don't know what her injury even though others have similar injuries to her, we don't know how she's going to react in the ring um, in a high-profile spot. If she's that nervous on the mic, will she be that nervous when the bell rings? 
So I think that there's still a lot to show and prove with Soraya, with obviously the women's division, but it doesn't really amount to a hill of beans if they're only given eight minutes a week to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, the part that jumped out at me was she dropped the line about, I'm here to start a revolution. And she alluded to how she had done that before. And it brought back the flashbacks to me of uh, when they called up Sasha and Charlotte and Becky all in one segment on raw and it was like they're kind of running this back except they're not bringing in new faces except for her but it's the same idea of like we're going to change things and things are going to be different now which is interesting because it almost came across like without outright saying it you have AEW being like you know everything all y'all been saying that the women's division isn't any good (laughs) well here's Paige kind of alluding to that publicly on TV that the women's division needs help (laughs) so it was kind of like Man, they're kind of throwing a all of the, the the work that's been yeah, done under the I, bus I, I in a way, kind of. Mm-hmm. I can understand what you're saying, but I also just I don't think that's an apples to apples comparison, and it's largely because it's never been an issue of talent; it's mm. been an issue of time. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't care who you are or what you what you do, what you build, unless they the, unless somebody is hideously popular for no reason whatsoever and can just go out there and command a crowd when the bell rings. I don't. I think a lot of people nowadays are used to the WWE style of North American wrestling, and that culture is build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. Go home show, pay per view, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. And pay per views used to be once every five weeks, and AEW is once every four months ish. So, with all of that time to build, we still don't have anything built. So, it's kind of. You know, yeah, she may say, I'm starting I'm starting the revolution. What the hell do you think the company is called? Their pay-per-view is literally called oh, revolution. revolution. Mm-hmm. Right. So that seems a bit of an oxymoron right there. Um, but if you're starting a revolution, how? Rio right. what for? Yeah, the Rio was that? the first champion and Nyla Rose took it from her. Not a pasty white girl from England. Yeah. Now, you've seen that story before. But we haven't seen Rio, who hasn't been back since, and he's kicking ass in Japan. Uh, we haven't seen um, you know, Rio or Shida or a lot of the people that, you know, started the women's revolution in AEW, uh, but somehow it reverts back to Soraya. Yeah, that's the, that's the part that just, it didn't click. Because like we were saying, it's like, when WWE did that stuff, and they brought in all those women from NXT. The whole idea is like, okay, here is the new generation getting called up getting brought in and last night there weren't any new faces other than soraya so it's like okay what what revolution and you're not even alluding if if you're gonna be a one woman revolution you're not even alluding to that you're gonna be able to wrestle so what exactly are you changing and in what form you're just you're saying this but where's the meat and potatoes of what exactly is going on here that's not exactly saving us from the give divas a chance era of aew Right, exactly. You know, like we we know what the issue is. Uh, it, you know, it's time give the ladies eight to ten minutes to work. Right. You know, I don't care where they do it. If they need to do, make elevation an actual thing and tie it in with the storylines, just to give women a chance to work, then so be it. But the bottom line is, is that they need to flesh out these storylines better instead of scrambling to the pay per view at the last minute. I mean, I, I don't. Now, now, whether you like them or not is a matter of personal preference. If you look at Britt Baker and go, no, this doesn't work for me. Okay, cool. If you look at Abaddon and go, no. But I don't think that, I don't think that there's anyone that's like objectively bad, like a danger to themselves and others. I think that there are those whose styles mesh with my sensibilities and those that do and don't better than others. But to say that, like, no, this person should not be in a ring. I can't I, name one. I don't think this is a person that's that bad. No, because and even this week, I don't know if it was on Elevation or Dark, but Penelope Ford, you know, and Sky yeah. Blue, you know, were part of the mixed the mixed tag match, and it was it was really good wrestling in general. With that, that yeah, match. it was on Elevation uh, um, on for Grand Slam, and that was a solid match. Yeah, it was a solid eight minute match. So maybe there is something to what you're saying about just give them eight minutes, you know, wrestling two times, maybe three times a show 
we, we don't need to see four dark order segments anymore. You know, we don't need to see a lot of the flotsam and jetsam of it all. What, what do you have to lose by giving, let's say, Athena versus Jamie Hayter? I've never seen that match. I would like to see that match. You know, or to your point, Jamal, just give me some other storylines aside from Jade being Goldberg. Something yep. else other than the baddie showing up, looking menacing, and then Jade saying, cut the shit. Like, that's all I'm getting. And there's and you you both know I love women's wrestling. I'm a women's wrestling aficionado. I love it, and I'm not getting what I need from it. I'm not getting the action. I'm not getting enough in ring portions of it all. And if you're just gonna give me a, a substandard lumberjill match, this ain't it, Chief. This ain't Damien. It. I'm glad you mentioned a name there because it reminded me that there were two people in that segment that the crowd in Philadelphia was reacting to more than mm-hmm. anybody else. And it was Jamie Hayter and Willow Nightingale, which sent to me, it was a clear message that, look, the new faces we want are right here in front of everybody. And Lord knows Jamie's been getting, she's been getting, you know, a reaction for a while now. And for whatever reason, that, yeah. they, they, mm-hmm. they seem to be they, like, they were building up to her and, you know, Brit, and then they decide, nope, we're not doing that. And it's like, I don't think that move was the right move because clearly people were getting behind her and then they just they pulled the plug well, on it. For Jamie's sure. on the Wardlow path and, and that's a slow-ish burn. I hope it doesn't take two years. But Jamie's definitely on the Wardlow path and I don't mind it. As far as Willow Nightingale in Philadelphia, well, that crowd knows who she is. Now, if they were in New Mexico and she got that reaction, I would I would feel differently about it. But sure, yeah, yeah, Philly, Philly knows who Willow is, as they should, right. as everyone should, because Willow's awesome. But with that said... You have, and that's another problem is that they have people like Willow, like Trisha Dora, who's going to be on elevation uh, this coming week, uh, and and then they have them put on these you know these matches and they involve them in things and they're kind of like just accessories, but they're not really in. It's half Kylan King is another one who's like halfway in, halfway out, right. and it's just like, well, are they in or are they out? You know, like what are, what are we? What are we doing here? And then, of course, Ring of Honor, where does that factor in? Uh, it's just a lot of moving parts for it all to come down to Brits talking shit again, Jade's, you know, 38 and 0, which, which by itself can be fine, but there has to be more to it to build upon all of those things. And if you're not going to give us the sizzle of, you know, the high concept promo work, then give them time to wrestle. Personally, I prefer the wrestling. That's why I watch the show, a wrestling show for the, for the wrestling. Ring the damn bell. But if you're not going to give us time to build these storylines, then give me 10 minutes in a good match. I'll take either or. We're at the point now. They they have to give them more time. Otherwise, it's just going to remain an afterthought like, it, like it's been. And it, if the time isn't going to be invested, I, I don't see how this grows in any way past where it's been stagnating for like so long now. Well, ironically, hindsight being what it is, maybe Paige is right. Maybe this is not necessarily give divas a chance, but give women a chance in general. <laughs> because that's yeah. what we're really talking about here. We're not, we don't need them to reinvent the wheel. We just need them to go to work. Give women a chance. And I'm not saying one segment segment. on the show. Just more <laughs> yeah. than one segment. That's it. Yeah. It, that but that would be that would that would 100 percent their uh you know f- feminine output if they mm-hmm. gave them one extra segment one extra match would literally double their output on dynamite i mean you can't yeah, I mean, right? all it has to come down to is give them one segment an hour that's it you know yeah two hour show one in the first hour one in the second hour is it is it that is that really too much to ask apparently it is or, or is it one of these things where they can only focus on one or two women at a time where if it doesn't go according to plan, for instance, Chris Statlander, where apparently she was the one being groomed to take the title off of Jade, allegedly. So then she blew her knee out again. So it's like, oh, crap. Now we got to pivot. And then we lost Red Velvet from the baddies. And mm-hmm. then Layla Gray popped up out of nowhere with Stokely Hathaway, who no longer manages Jade Cargill there's not enough focus. I don't even mean just give me more matches. There's no cohesive focus in terms of the women's division. And I think above all else, 
maybe you should have a, a women's wrestler not named Madison Rain, you know, kind of being an agent for women's wrestling backstage. You know, I know she's a coach and all that. That's great. But I even forgot she got hired because for me, the most obvious choice to teach these women how to work a great eight to 10 minute match is already on the roster. Her name's Serena Deeb. Let her teach these girls how to go. But see, that's that's also the thing, too, though. I, I think I, I 100% agree with everything that you're saying. But also, not my opinion, but this is the, the sentiment of a lot of the mouth breathers that we see online, is that <laughs> Serena Deeb has the personality of a soggy box of churro, Cheerios. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. But that's why I say either or. If you're not going to give us a high-concept promo uh, that you Britt usually does, Britt is a Britt is much better promo than she is a worker uh, than she is yes, a wrestler without question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deeb is a much better wrestler than she is a promo. But the thing I, I think that is the biggest thing in the back is when Cody was there, we knew what the driving force behind whatever he was doing, and if he brought people with him, like QT, like Sammy, and whatever, then that's what it was. But he was able to drive that ship and steer it and flesh it out from beginning to end for better or worse. Uh, the Bucks and Kenny were able to do a similar thing when they were doing the impact thing, when they when the Bucks were doing their thing with Adam Page, they were still able to drive that boat and tug along anybody that they had with, with them. There is no one with that level of influence for the women. That's I don't know who that person should be backstage. They have a lot of great talent, obviously. They have a lot of great coaches, obviously. But there's no one that can translate what we, the brainstorming session, to the front of the screen. And unfortunately, that's why, to your point, it, things seem so disjointed. Who is that person that is saying, this is where the women are going? Who's driving that boat? It seems rudderless. And I think until that person comes forward, uh, it's I can understand why Khan is reluctant to play that hand because he's trying to sell a show, right? You know, he, he, Warner Brothers is going to do whatever they're going to do, and they apparently they have an issue with their stockholders, so that's a different problem. But he's still trying to sell a show, and he's trying to sell it. Maybe not to us. He's definitely trying to sell it to you, Damien. Nope. But he's trying to sell it to Middle America. Now, they are the ones that are. There's a just. It's a numbers game. So he's trying to sell it to you know, uh, middle class white folks. Living in Kansas. It is what it is. Yeah. So that may not involve a lot of the women unless you give them the chance to go work. So, again, talking in circles now, the point is still the point. And that if Soraya doesn't actually absolutely come through with whatever star power we think she has and be that person in front of the camera and behind the camera to drive the women forward, then at least I get to see an elevation. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. It's, we just got to see where, if they have any kind of plan for this in the next couple of weeks and, and where they go from here. Cause I'll, for, I think the other thing we're kind of forgetting about is we're still in the land of interim women's champion, even though we have not heard Thunder Rosa mentioned in like ages now, since, since pretty much that whole thing happened. Yeah, since she left, actually. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I was almost thinking maybe last night they were going to be like, you know what, uh, Tony, you are the women's champion. And they were just going to sweep that under the rug. But they, they didn't go that far. But folks, we'll see. St- stay tuned, as we often say on this show. We have to stay tuned on this one as far as uh, what happens with the never-ending saga of the AEW women's division. But at this point, folks, it is going to be halftime. We are going to take our commercial break. And then when we come back, it will be the indie spotlight. And then after that, there are QR codes and a mystery afoot in world wrestling entertainment. So we will talk about this entire white rabbit situation along with some other stuff in the second half of our show. Thanks for joining us tonight, folks. We will be back in the second half right after this. Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts.
Thanks for joining us, folks. Another fine Thursday night with your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. And when it's halftime on the show, we always like to take a look at the indies. So Jamal is here with our Big Gold Belt Indie Wrestling Spotlight of the Week. Yep. So this week we're going a place that I've actually been, love this town, Anchorage, Alaska. Whoa. That's right. Uh, okay. Anchorage, Alaska, WrestlePro Alaska is having a show this coming Saturday night uh, live from Anchorage at the uh, Eakin Center downtown. That's the Anchorage Convention Center. That's uh, 555 Fifth Avenue, uh, West Fifth Avenue in downtown Anchorage. Uh, if, you know, if you look, if you've been to Anchorage, if you know, it's it's a really cool place. Um, it's going to be dark as hell up there because sunset like two o'clock, you know, this time of year. But WrestlePro Alaska back with a bang emphasis on the bang because DDP is going to make an appearance. Um, oh damn! Right, they got his ass out to Alaska. That's that's you know more than enough for me. Uh, you can actually pre-order your meet and greet packages at WrestlePro uh, at WrestleProAlaska.com slash tickets. Uh, Buff Bagwell is work, working a match out there, which okay. I mean, WCW reunion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good on him. I had no idea. Uh, Sunny Kiss is going to be in action. Uh, Tennille Dashwood, you may know her as Emma, is going to be out there. She's facing Freya the Slayer, who is actually a pretty solid, uh, you know, worker from Alaska. Uh, but yeah, that should be a fun match. Um, Jay Lethal's in there in the conversation. Scotty Two Hotties, you know, working. I mean, that's you know, that's the damnedest thing. Um, the acclaimed from AEW versus Orange Cassidy and Leon St. Giovanni, LSG, for those you know. Uh, WrestlePro, Alaska, back with a bang. This coming Saturday, October 1st. The meet and greet starts at 5 p.m. Bell time's at 7. And if you want to watch it on Fight, it's uh, $14.99, Fight TV. Uh, go ahead and, you know, you can order that. You reserve that right now. Two days, two hours and 25 minutes-ish from right now. 11 p.m. Eastern, which is 7 p.m. Local time out there in Alaska, 8 p.m. on the West Coast, $14.99 on Fight, or in person at uh, WrestleProAlaska.com slash tickets at the Egan Center, uh, 555 West 5th Avenue, and right there in downtown Anchorage, Alaska. If you go to Snow City Cafe, you know, get the Reindeer Benedict, tell him I said thank you. Um, look, don't do that, Damien. It's Alaska. You're I need to know what's in this Reindeer Benedict, sir. Don't worry about that. You're not reindeer. going to Alaska. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I I really wish I can go Russell Pro Alaska's. You know, that's a hell of a card, and um, I might have to make a trip out there. But yeah, that's this uh, coming Saturday, October first, in Anchorage. Back with a bang because DDP is going to be there for Russell Pro Alaska, and that's the indie spotlight for this week. There you go, indie wrestling in Alaska. See, indie wrestling can thrive anywhere. Anywhere. That is proof. <laughs> proof. If it yeah. can be all the way up in Alaska. That tells you something right there. So, yeah, like WrestlePro awesome. is actually doing a show Friday night in Palmer, Alaska, which is a suburb of Anchorage, about forty miles away. But uh, the big show is going to be in downtown Anchorage uh, this weekend. But, but yeah, that's very a, cool. That's a show. That's a show and a half right there. <laughs> very neat. Very neat. We we cover all corners of the globe here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. So and just for the audience, Indiana. really quick, for the audience, really quick, I'm looking up uh, reindeer Benedict ingredients here, and apparently there is no actual reindeer, so maybe no reindeer was harmed in the making of this food. It's actually corned <laughs> beef. <laughs> Who knows what they get away with up there? You know that that's that's way up in the of the cold white north. So we'll see. We'll see. But. In other news, other mysteries, I guess. If, if the Ranger mystery Man makes a mystery, <laughs> we, we definitely have other mysteries going on in wrestling. This is a heck of a segue we can use right here from a from an omelet to mysteries with QR codes, mysteries with a rabbit that involve mm -hmm. a small animal. So it's been how many weeks? Now? Maybe two weeks? No, longer than that. It's been at longer least about three weeks. Three weeks. Maybe like that because i think the first thing that happened was them playing the music at the house shows they started right. playing white rabbit at house shows what we're talking about folks is the mystery of foot in wwe and i guess the mystery of foot really will <laughs> i don't know <laughs> man i'm trying foot. to how to describe this thing the whole uh let's see here they got it's a social media mystery it's got you know multimedia effects to it because you got codes you can scan and videos on your phone and music in the arenas and they're, they're covering a lot of different angles here with this but i guess the big question is because lord knows this has captured people's attention 
the white rabbit as they're calling it what is the white rabbit who is the white rabbit should we already know who the white rabbit is i think it's also part of the question too because smackdown got a monster rating last week when people thought the white rabbit would uh appear on smackdown but that did not happen because one of the clues was a uh, 923 which people took as september 23rd and it was the night of smackdown but i'm curious about this thing i think they've they've stumbled upon an interesting little creative concept here uh tons of people seem to think it's pointing to uh the former bray wyatt which i guess is the seems to be the safe easy bet but i mean who knows no, there's been nothing i would say there's been nothing definitive that really means it has to be him at this right. point really there's there's definitely hints but at this point it could really be anything it could really be anything people want it to be bray wyatt but i doesn't mean it necessarily has to be but i guess what i'm thinking right now i guess first question how much longer can they stretch this out do, do, do they need to wrap it up because i know damn well, like like there was the, the talk last week that friday was going to be it and then smackdown popped a huge rating so they had people's attention and then monday came for the next clue on raw and monday wasn't as hot but of course monday was up against monday night football so of course monday's not going to be what it has been the past couple weeks but how much longer can they do this? And then I guess the other question for the group, where should this lead? What, what, what should the white rabbit lead? Or what would you like to see the white rabbit lead to? This in uh, the world of WWE, where it could really be anything. It could truly be anything, I guess, in, in, in the world of uh, sports entertainment. So, Damien, let's go to you first. I think they got one more week. Uh, and the reason why I say that, because this is going down, if this continues, this goes down the line of the anonymous raw GM, mm. the, the the SmackDown hacker that was revealed to be Ali, GTV, if you remember that from years ago. Oh. Uh, I was gonna say, what about Glacier? What about Blood Runs Cold? Blood Runs Cold when we had 13 weeks for a Mortal Kombat ripoff. So <laughs> they need to pull the trigger on this really soon or else we're gonna have a gobbledygooker situation by the time Ooh. we get to November. Uh, and I'm hoping that's actually the way they go, just to troll everybody. I'm really hoping it's the bunny from the Adam Rose group, just because. Um, so that, that would be interesting. Gives Titus O'Neil something to do besides charity work. But it's all signs point to Bray. And I feel now that since everybody thinks it's Bray, it shouldn't be Bray. Just for the sake of swerving the audience, for, for the dirt sheets, for the gotcha moments. Uh, because right now, I don't. I don't want to borrow Jamal's line, but here's why I don't care. Okay, that's just rude. It, it's <laughs> not infringement. It's not going to get me to tune in. You know, this whole continuous joke about rabbits and playing, you know, Jefferson Airplane, which is a great song, by the way. But what's it going to amount to? Is it? Is it a faction? Is it? You know, a new wrestler? Is it something completely different? Is it tout? You know, because now they're using QR codes. They moved on from tout. So we don't really know what this is. I give them credit for being sneaky of putting the QR codes in places you don't expect it to be. I like just putting it random haphazardly. But aside from what it leads to, if it's Bray Wyatt, meh. And I'm a big Bray supporter. I've always liked his, his mind for the business more so than his in-ring work. But if it's anybody else, I'd be intrigued to see what the swerve would have been. Because if it would have been, and we might talk about him later, if it would have been Malachi Black, I would have probably said, okay, I'm good with that. Because it fits the motif almost, the mysterious motif. But who it is now, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is that if it ain't Bray Wyatt, there isn't, and even if it is Bray Wyatt, because I'm not just not a fan of his, there really isn't anybody out there within reason that would make me want to see whoever it is. Uh, because whoever it is means that they've probably left DDT, which would make me sadder. So <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, eh, it's, it's whatever. Um, it, even if it was, you know, Malachi Black, I don't, so what? Even if it was Buddy Murphy, so what? So it's kind of like, eh, what, well, you know, whatever. But then again, it made me think, well, Survivor Series is the next big pay per view. But they actually have one coming up next week in Philadelphia, and that's Extreme Rules. Really good one. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, if they do decide to wrap this up, they do have a week to make it work. SmackDown's tomorrow, and then the next uh, show 
is the Go Home Show for Extreme Rules, which is uh, just after. I don't know if there's a Saudi show in October. I feel that there is. November. 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 Okay. Early November. Yeah. So then if they don't do Extreme Rules, which is October 8th, then they have four weeks to do a thing in early November if they decide to fly um, Bunny Man out there to the kingdom. Either way, it's kind of like, well, I could be intrigued, but there's nobody out there really making me think that, you know, there's somebody worth seeing. So I, I don't, it's not that I don't care because I wasn't watching anyway. But with all this White Rabbit stuff, I will give them credit. Next to the Chase U hoodie, which may be on the way already, um, <laughs> I do like the shirt. Now, personally, and the rugby fans will know, I'm a Rabbitohs fan. So when I see a big angry bunny on the jersey, <laughs> I'm already bought in because that's Patine. So right. uh, even though they lost, God damn it, and, and I'm going to miss the finals. But still, go Rabbits. Otherwise, it's kind of, eh, you sure? I, I guess, you know, feed your head, you know, great song. <laughs> <laughs> but ruined by the uh, what Justice League um, Suicide Squad, but eh, sure, I guess. I don't know how long they expect me to pay attention to it without going. We either want to eat this bunny or we're going to put his ass on TV. Either way, I got catch up. So let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I think hearing the schedule just now, I think next week is it. I, th- I think Extreme Rules, I think, has to be the ultimate deadline. If it don't right. happen by extreme rules, then they're stretching this too far. I think they got to reveal what the hell the deal is by then. Now, like we've been saying, all signs point to Bray. And all I care about with that, because Lord knows I am not a Bray Wyatt fan as far as uh, his wrestling goes. Dude's creative as hell. Mm-hmm. My only care would be this. If he's coming back and this is him, I don't want to see that damn fiend no more. I don't nope. need no hocus pocus. Please let this be some some reinvention that's more down to earth, where we don't have damn red lights and spooky stuff and 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 all that. So that's my biggest concern there. If, if this is going to be the fiend 2.0 and he's going to pull a bunny out of a hat or some crap, like <laughs> you lost me right there. So. Maybe that gimmick now. Well, he's a magician. He's just going to pull bunnies out of his hat now. I'd, evil magician. It wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me. So I, I don't know. I was just throwing that out there. Malachi Black, the rumors we had earlier this week about him that we'll get into in our next segment. That would have been really interesting. And then right. who knows? Maybe it could it could get I don't I don't assume anything is definite till we see because Lord, we ain't seen him on TV. We haven't seen him anywhere. So I'm not gonna rule anything completely out, regardless of what the rumors on the street may be, but that would be interesting. But yeah, other than those two names. There's nothing out there that really jumps out at me as like, oh my God, this has got to be what it is. And it's got, and this would be, this would deliver on something they're investing this much time in. What is, is okay. Here, here. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about WWE and all their efforts to expand into different genres of things Uh like movies, uh social media. What if it's some sort of like product you know, what if it's, I kept thinking for some reason tequila. I don't know why that came to my mind, but what if it's some sort of WWE inspired beverage or food product or just a movie with WWE films where we have another horror movie called The White Rabbit where Bray Wyatt is the horror villain of this movie, like Kane with oh, See No Evil. Like as you were talking, I'm like, why does it have to be just condensed to wrestling? What if WWE True. is trying to do this as another product extension? to get people to like interested in something else. So who knows? Halloween's it's, it's coming not up. outside. It's not outside the realm of possibility. It's absolutely not. Especially like how they, they had Kane and see no evil. So yeah. I honestly, truly, a movie would be a lot more interesting than, than just a regular correct. debut. I don't know who or whatever that movie needs to be, but this is that time. Um, the spooky movies are coming out and, uh, you know, they have until basically the end of the month to pump them all out. So <clears throat> this could be like the first thing. And, you know, they're already selling White Rabbit merch and <clears throat> they, have a, they have a couple shirts on the shop. And maybe it does turn into some kind of, uh, you know, spooky movie for the end of the month. That's I don't hate that. I think a lot of people will be let down because they booked themselves to a corner. But 
That's what you did. But what uh, if that's the case, if that stays the way it is, like we're talking about, Bray Wyatt has been rumored to be working with Hollywood on horror scripts and, you know, as being like a horror movie extra. Yeah. Who's to say Wyndham Rotunda doesn't come back as a horror villain? And that's still yeah. bringing back Bray Wyatt in a different capacity. It's still truthful about Bray Wyatt. And it's something spooky, like we said, spooky season. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense on something non-wrestling related, not in-ring related. Right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it as an idea. And it, it'd be an interesting tie-in as a way to reintroduce a character, but have it tied into like, you know, a bigger picture that's not just wrestling. So... I mean, that, we got that, a Winnie that, the Pooh horror movie coming out, so hey, it's that can't time get much year, worse though. than that. I, I, now you got me thinking. Now you got me thinking. So who knows? Who knows? Bray Wyatt and here. David Otunga in Right Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your mama's Alice. <laughs> oh no. Oh lord. Well, oh, folks, god. we will it's see. Bray Wyatt I, I, and the Miz and Otunga. Oh god. And he's the Mad Hatter. Oh no! I stand See now by we're just going to do a casting. Week. Sorry, well, yep. keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, nah. I, I said, well, we'll talk about. We'll see where we are by next week's show. This next week's show will be right before Extreme Rules. But my guess is, by Extreme Rules, we know what the deal is, one way or another. That's my guess. I can't see it going longer than that because the momentum I think is already kind of peaked, and now it's slowly coming down the other side. So we will see. We will see. So. By the way, before we move on to the Malachi Black potentially, can we briefly discuss the Extreme Rules card and the way that it's being shaped up as opposed to past years? Because I'm getting the sense now that everything is a gimmick match. Like I'm looking at the the card now, Liv versus Ronda, Extreme Rules match, Riddle versus Seth, fight pit, McIntyre versus Cross, strap match, Bianca and Bailey, ladder match, Edge and Finn, I quit match and the brutes versus Imperium in an old fashioned Donnie Brook match. Yeah. So Papa H is booking extreme rules as throwing all the gimmicks in one pay-per-view and seeing if it sticks. And I'm actually, I'm good with that. I'm actually good with that. If it's a show called extreme rules, yes. Load it up on the gimmicks. (laughs) Especially if you're not going to have Roman on the show. This is a, a good way to get people to buy into the show mm-hmm. because you're gonna get no one knows what a Donnie Brook match is or a fight. No one's really well, seen what a fight pit match is. Nobody knows what a Donnie Brook match is. You're probably under 75. Truth. <laughs> no, but 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 to your to your point though, it's not that extreme rules means that it has to be you know barbed wire death matches, it just means that the rules have to be extreme and for a normal match. A strap match would be extreme. An I quit match usually is extreme. So it's just these are the extremes of a wrestling rule. So I actually think that it's a different connotation that, you know, people went, oh, extreme Philadelphia, Wells Fargo Center. Somebody's getting thrown off a scaffold. Well, no, no. But if a match if we know what a normal singles match looks like or normal tag match looks like, the fact that a Donnybrook match is going to happen is far from the norm of what a traditional wrestling match is going to be. This ain't your mama's pay-per-view. I don't mind that. I think, obviously, they started to lean on the extreme of what we think violence is, when, no, it's literally extreme rules. I mean, you you don't have to overthink it. You know, it's an extreme rules match for the pay-per-view. It's just no DQ. That's actually extreme so i i'll give them credit for that and and think that it's a um you know for six match and also six matches too that's a good number i don't know if they're going to add to the pre-show or anything like that but six matches on the main card is a solid number get them in and out in under three hours yeah i'm good absolutely yeah i for for what that show has been in recent years i like the idea of just every match on the show has some sort of twist to it some extra spice. So now we'll, we'll see what they do. But yeah, I'm, for extreme rules, I'm definitely more interested than I have been in recent years. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. So we've alluded to it all night. So our, our, our final topic as we wrap things up is Malachi Black went uh, 
put out a statement this week. So there's been a lot of rumors swirling around him and what his status is and if he's how he's doing. He's clearly hasn't been wrestling in recent times and uh, has clearly been off the road. And he put out a statement kind of a trying to clear the air because there was a lot of talk in the last week or so that that he was he had a conditional release is what was being reported by what? God, God, pretty much like every source out there, all, all the big ones were all like, you know, pretty much in agreement on it that he had he had gotten a conditional release and, you know, he was going to be out of AEW and and that was that. And he, he came online uh, Monday morning and was like, uh, no, none of this is going on. I, I need a break and I don't appreciate people putting all this out there and speculating and none of this is the case and y'all don't even know what my contract is and which we'll get into, which is a whole little detail in of itself. That's kind of interesting, but he's got a lot going on apparently, including death threats that were coming his way what? due to all this drama. Cause people are just, you know, can't uh, handle people possibly switching companies or not appearing on TV. I, you know, who knows where exactly that comes from, but in the midst of all this, the, the talk after this came down, was that um that the hammer came down from Tony Khan and all this talk about people being unhappy and wanting out of AEW that none of that's going to happen and uh there aren't going to be any releases and right. your people are staying put and that's how it's going to be and we're moving forward with the situation as it is so i guess the first thing is this whole Malachi Black situation and all these rumors surrounding him i guess the part that i'm really curious about is it was. It seemed a week ago we were sitting here, and it seemed pretty much definite that everyone was like, "Oh no, he's he's gone. He's he he got out." And th- just like on a dime, it's like, "Nope, no, he didn't." But god damn, if everyone in the free world seemed to think he was free and clear with a with what they were calling a conditional release. I remember we were talking about probably it must have meant there was going to have to be like you know a ninety day no compete or something in it, but. They're saying he's going nowhere. And then I guess nobody's going anywhere. So it's a uh, one, one uh, comparison I heard is uh, does this make AEW a prison? Like we've always heard about WWE. If people want out and Tony's uh, holding them to their deal. Well, it's not I the guess we AEW, it's the contract that makes it a prison. Right. It's the contract right. that you sign that you, right. you, you're the one that attaches the ball and chain to your ankle. Uh, and are forced to work the terms of the contract. That's that just is what it is. Regardless of company. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't understand what the difference is. I do think, though, people, uh, you know, decided to be a, a spectacle. So, and like, well, people are saying that AEW is unhappy. The CM Punk thing happens. The MJF thing happened back in June. And then you have guys that are, you know, these high concept guys are being wasted on TV because they're not really doing much. Um, right. So these are the things that we see. And then they put in two and, and they put in two and two to two and two and two together and they get nine and, and they're like, wait a minute, how did you do that? The problem is, is that, well, Malachi said that he was hurt. He has a back issue. So that's why you didn't see him on TV over most of the summer. And then he said, well, no, I need to take a mental health break because you know, so there are certain things more important than his uh, than, than his career, um, and that's a, obviously his marriage and his cats. So, number one, he doesn't owe us any goddamn thing. If he wants to take a break, cool. If he wants to open up an ice cream truck, cool. cool. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't that's on him. You know, he still has his life to live outside of you know work. Um, and I think a lot of people are putting too much undue pressure on themselves to know everything, and that's not how it works. Um, Buddy Murphy, same thing too. People forget that he's Australian. He may not be an actual citizen of anywhere but Australia and may have to report back for legal reasons uh, to make sure his visa's straight. You know, that may have to happen every six months, year, 18 months, two years, whatever it is, but he may have to go back for a month to figure it out. Um, you know, and, and of course, things change because he's not a citizen. So Trump could have changed something that Biden changed back that screws him over for the time being until he gets his paperwork right. I'm not saying anything is true, but I'm just saying that these are the factors that people don't consider outside of he's not doing well on TV, so he must be doing bad, so he must be unhappy. And look what happened in a uh, in uh, in NXT, and look at what happened in WWE because Triple H is you know 
paving the golden road back to Oz. So naturally, everybody should just burn their contracts that they've signed and then try to sign a different contract with WWE. No, that's dumb. That's not how that that's not how that works at all. Because when it comes down to the money, you've negotiated this contract to get what you wanted. And now you suddenly throw that away because the grass may be greener at, you know, in WWE. Well, what happened to what you wanted? Because if you because if that's the case, it's not about the money anymore. It's just about, you know, it's just about clout or brand loyalty or whatever. That's also not true either, because the rent is due October 1st. The mortgage is due October 1st. So whatever you think your favorite athlete is doing anywhere, wherever it is, he's not leaving to mess up the money because October 1st is in two days. So come Monday morning, business hours, the rent, the mortgage better be in the mail. I I think people are a little bit short-sighted on that issue because they don't pay bills. <laughs> this is true. This I mean, we've discussed this plenty of times. It's like these no matter the wrestler, no hell, no matter no matter what you do in life, if, if there's a contract involved with your job, you need to know what is in that contract, what the terms are between whether the what the money is, any clauses that are in there, what the duration of it is, because that's the part that got me is in, in his statement, he made a big deal about people talking about I have a five year deal and no one knows what my contract is. And it's like, well, buddy, your boss put <laughs> that out there. Your boss did an interview and said you had a five year deal. So that part, if you got an issue with that, you need to take that up with him. If you're not aware that your deal is that, or if he misspoke, but people are only saying five year deal Malachi Cross because Tony Khan put that out there on Busted Open. So that's that was the one weird part where I was like, okay, what's, what's the deal there? Maybe he doesn't have a five year deal, or maybe he's not aware that he has a five year deal. But according to TK, he has a five year deal, which sounds really long for someone of his level at this at this juncture. Three I could see, two I could see, but five years for Malachi Black that I don't I- know. I think five makes sense considering when he was signed. Right. When he was signed, WWE wasn't what it was right now. When he was signed, you know, it was, damn, they have this guy who should be higher than he is, and they're wasting him away in WWE. So I think that they could leverage his star power for what it's worth, but we're going to need to hold on to that for, you know, you're going to have to commit. You know, this isn't a, uh, you know, you get over here, you make a little bit of a name for yourself, and then you jump ship on the next thing smoking that's bigger than us. Right, you hop know, right back. You know, and I, and I do think that that is why they're signing these guys to three to five year deals or a three year deal with a two year option, um, which is you know a thing that I maybe been maybe also. that's the deal. Maybe that's how it's broken down. Yeah, but I, I think it's it is interesting um, that people are so hell bent on what black could or could not do when he literally said if it didn't come from me it didn't happen so wait a minute people are taking that statement and then running to the dirt sheets to confirm his statement stop it stop it (laughs) also more importantly and i know that we're talking about this because you know it's it is something to talk about but let's be honest here does knowing this information raise or marginalize your Watching, you know, does this enhance your, you know, uh, the value of the program? Does knowing that Malachi Black has a three to five year deal make AEW better for you, the viewer at home? For me, it doesn't. I would assume for a lot of people, it doesn't. So just watch the show. Like, let's not throw throw death threats at somebody, you know, just watch the show. Well, Jamal, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, because you, you, we always talk about, the soap opera of sports, right? We always think about free agency, the off season, the big story, sometimes more than the game, you know, ESPN covers it, Fox sports, what have you. So I think now that we get to peek behind the curtain, even though it's through dirt sheets about maybe what a person's contract is MJF fighting about his contract on air, talking about the free agency period of 2024. So now wrestling has entered the conversation of professional sports. When we talk about contracts Years, overpaid, underpaid, buyouts. 
So now a lot more people are interested in that businessy aspect, the contract aspect of pro wrestling, more so than just, oh, he signed a five-year deal. Like, no. Like, what does this really do for your product? Is this a game changer, long-term thinking? Can you make money? Because that's what I'm thinking about right now. And if I was going to sign Tommy N, Malachi Black, what, what have you, I think a two-year plus one would be best suited for him and what he wants to accomplish versus what you thought you were getting. Prime example, when he came in, immediately feuded with the coadster, immediately whooped his ass, then started the House of Black. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we got Brody, we got Buddy, we got Julia Hart, we got something here. But then like every athlete, because they're human, they have a personal life outside of the sport that they uh, perfect and work with, they need to tend to those things. And how often have wrestling fans said that we need an off season to give wrestlers the time to heal? And especially now, with in the wake of Simone Biles, other athletes coming out about mental health being a, a prime shoot. I could talk about that, how mental health is a big deal now than at any other point in sports history. Why do y'all care? Just let the man live his life. He's got three years, five years, four million, two million. Are you seeing any of that money? No. Just let the man live his life, go home to his wife, take care of business, pay the rent, pay the mortgage like Jamal said. And if he comes back, fine. He'll be hitting black mass on Orange Cassidy in no time. If he doesn't, cool. Zelina's got Twitch and cosplay and He's an he, he's a MMA fighter. Well, they have They'll other outlets, too. He has a cola line and, and all these other things. So if They'll you really want to support, buy his merch. Right. Like, people always say, we're indie wrestlers, right? Support them, buy their merch. If you love them that much, buy his merch. But the whole, to Jamal's point, and I'll wrap it up here, fans and, and the fanatical fans love running to Sean Ross Sapp, love running to what culture, and, like, tattling or snitch tagging online. But the vast majority of fans who just watch it for the product and who view athletes not as heroes but as people understand that someone like a situation like this isn't that big of a deal. It's only because it's a story because people are talking about it and it gets clicks and views like sports in general. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, I, do, think, I do think that the difference, though, between actual sports and wrestling is there is a free agency period and it's in yes. the offseason. As a Mets fan who is eagerly awaiting what they're going to do in Atlanta this weekend, biggest game, biggest series of the year, I don't know what anybody's contract is. I don't care about free agency. The only thing I care about is continuing <laughs> Can to the Mets beat the, the, the playoffs. Right. Can the Mets beat the Braves? Can they sweep the Nationals? Six games. Let's get it done before next Wednesday. After that's done, then we can talk about free agency. Now, if I were a Pittsburgh fan who's going nowhere – then maybe you do look ahead to go and say, what can we do to retool and, and things like that? And that's cool. There will always be a conversation, particularly in AEW, with what is that missing piece that they need to get them through that, uh, you know, that, that next level. They're coasting at a million-ish. Even at the hurricane came through, they were still at 990. And the Weather Channel was the top nine slots. The Weather Channel and Tucker Carlson, which is baffling, uh, were the top, you know, eight out of the top ten slots in the ratings uh, for cable yesterday. There will always be that conversation. That's valid. But when you start to make it personal that this person is like a physical detriment to the product, when realistically, you don't need to know how how the sauce is made. You don't at all. And, and maybe that's because it's more salacious than the actual on-screen product. That's what drives people to it. You know, like moths to a flame, uh, they come running when they hear something they shouldn't hear. And that's kind of that. That's what it is, really. It's the idea that, oh, I know a thing that I shouldn't know, mm -hmm. and I want to tell it. Correct. Because yep. we're all six-year-old kids on the inside. We just have money to go watch the things that we've been watching since we were six years old, which is why I'll be in Toronto in three weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and it's yeah. a lot different now than when we were kids when we had to dial the the, the hotline and listen to Mean Gene for any of the scoops and stuff. You know, oh, no, it was, it was worse because, number one, the hotline was a 900 number, so you definitely had to uh, pay for that. Or well, a minute. <laughs> if you found a local hotline, like, and I don't know if he's still doing it, but shout out to, to Don Tony DeBlasi out of Brooklyn. <laughs> I used to call this hotline as a kid, long distance. 
when that Ooh. was a thing. Um, and luckily, his because his, his thing was a minute long, and I was able to get in for under for two fifty eight, and that was much better than calling Gene Oakland for like ten dollars a minute. But <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, the kids won't know the struggle. But the idea is, you know, be a fan. But there's a there's a wall that you hit where the fandom stops and you it becomes an intrusion. Uh, you know, the guy is going through whatever he's going through. Let him do that. And then when he comes back, he'll come back. And if he doesn't follow him there, too, if he opens up a promotion of the moon, get a space shoot, follow him to the moon. But um, but just let you know, just let him do what he needs to do so he can come back better than ever. If you're a fan, you'll appreciate that. Exactly. More than anything else, let Malachi Black have the time he needs to rest up, get himself together and whatever, and quit worrying about all this other crap. Hell, that's what he says. Like, give me some space. Chill the hell out. Let me look.